Welcome to this instant react show of Locked On Spurs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jeff Garcia of News 4 San Antonio and Fox 29 San Antonio Spurs Zone. And I, I don't know whether to say this is going to be a fun episode or a, a sad episode or more of a realistic episode. But basically, Game 1 Spurs Warriors opening round is done. And um, I don't know about you, but for me, expected the Spurs got trounced by the defending champs in Oracle. It was not pretty. I'm pretty sure you know what happened. Warriors 113, Spurs 92. The Warriors go up in the opening round series one game to nothing with game two this coming Monday back again in Oracle. Uh, it's going to be a 930 start uh, San Antonio Central Standard Time. Uh, but as far as game one is concerned, I, I really don't know where to begin other than for me, and I'm pretty sure the panel that's going to be introduced in a few seconds, Joe Garcia of Two Shots Podcast and Tyler Clerken of News for San Antonio, Spurs Zone, they're going to have their thoughts. But as far as me, uh, I think this was pretty much expected. Every facet of the game, in my opinion, the Spurs uh, were exposed. And at the end of the day, it just comes down for me. The Spurs are just outmatched, plain and simple. You name an area, the Warriors pretty much shined in that area. I want to talk about points in the paint, Warriors 34, Spurs 22. You want to talk about just a double-digit scoring uh, from the players. Spurs only had three, barely, while the Warriors had, I mean, what, what, like five, six, seven? I mean, it was that much of a game. When JaVale McGee sets the tone for the entire game one, you know it's going to be a very long night for the Spurs. The Spurs, as far as I'll get into the specific now, the Spurs-Warriors game, uh, game one. Uh, yeah. The Spurs got held down to 92 points, and the Warriors are now 28-6 and six when holding teams to under 99 points per game in the postseason. Not good. The um, Spurs continue to lose on the road, bringing it in from the regular season until now. They've now lost, I believe, what, eight, nine in a row? Um, made that nine in a row, to be specific. Like nine in a row road losses. If you really thought this Spurs team was going to beat the Warriors in their gym on the road, you've had another thing coming after game one. Draymond Green, uh, 12 points, 11 assists. Uh, Kevin Durant, again, killed the Spurs, 24 points. Same thing with Klay Thompson. I mean, it's just depressing. I, I I know you're here for locked on Spurs, but I feel like it might be locked on Warriors simply because the Warriors look like juggernauts. They look like they found their groove again. Uh, the Spurs never led in this game. The Warriors went up at 1.28 points on San Antonio. The Spurs had zero second chance points in this game. It To me, the, again, the game plan was simple. Shut down LaMarcus Aldridge, JaVale McGee, and the rest of the crew. They did that, and it showed as nobody else outside of LaMarcus at best really shined. And I know the guys are going to have something different, but other than that, Overall, the Spurs shot 40% for the game, 40% from the three-point line. Turned the ball over 13 times was was okay. Uh, you know, they kept it under control, and but it's still, those are just gimmies for a Warriors team. The Spurs also were out-rebounded 51-30. to 30. It was just uh, a devastation when it comes to cleaning the glass. Uh, the Spurs got out-assisted 32-19. to 19. The Spurs were led by Bryn Forbes. Yes, that's again, that's gonna tell you how kind of night the Spurs or day the Spurs had 14 points. And while LaMarcus Aldridge had 14 points as well, but he struggled mightily 12 shots made with five makes. Um, after that was, um, um, sorry, Rudy Gay with 15 points. He actually led the team. I'm sorry, my mistake. And 
you had other guys doing what they can. Dirk White came in seven points. Bertans four points. Uh, more on him later. Uh, Pau Gasol six points. Uh, Kyle Anderson ten minutes zero points. Interesting there. Mono Ginobili, you know, credit him. The old man. He tried his best. Nine points in the outing. Dejounte Murray eight points. Was was getting pulled in and out of the game a lot from Popovich. A lot of corrections. A lot of trying to settle him down. I thought he really looked like deer in headlights uh, for game one. And, of course, uh, Tony Parker, you know, I don't know what to say. You know, maybe his time has come. 13 minutes, uh, two points, one of eight shooting for the Spurs' longtime point guard. Um, yep, Spurs are down 0-1 in the, se- in the series so far. It's just one game. I get it. But if this is going to be the tenor of the series, it looks like it might be an early vacation. All right, uh, I talked long enough. Let me bring in a couple of guys who are a lot, who are much more who are, more, who are smarter than me in this area. Uh, Joe Garcia, Two Shots Podcast, and Tyler Clark, and uh, my cohort at the Spurs Zone over at Fox Twenty Nine and News Four. I'll start out with Tyler. Tyler, you did the um, the instant uh, recap for the Spurs Zone, and one thing that stood out for me is that you actually, for the first time in a long time put LaMarcus Aldridge as the player that really, really didn't look great in this game. Why is I mean, the fact that this entire season we've seen him every, well, for the most part, every game come out and just play so well. And then for him to have a game like this where he shot, what, 5 of 12, and it's just, for him, that's just unacceptable. So if the Spurs want any chance to win this series or even win a, a game in this series, he's definitely got to play better. So for me, that's what made me pick him because if he's not playing well, then there's just no chance that the uh, Spurs have any chance of winning a game, this, let alone the series, just anything. So, of course, since he's not playing well, then it's just going to translate to the Spurs not playing well. Yeah, 24 minutes, 14 points, 5 of 12 shooting, 41%, uh, two rebounds. That's unacceptable. One assist, one steal, one block. Uh, two turnovers for the Spurs' uh, main weapon on the offensive end. Uh, you know, Tyler... I get that the numbers don't really scream at you as far as what LaMarcus Aldridge should have posted up, but do you credit the Warriors for their attack? I mean, JaVale McGee shined brightly in that first quarter, let alone the first half, and the Warriors were really getting the ball out of his hands, just making life difficult for him every time he touched that basketball. I mean, yeah, I'm never going to discredit a team for doing something well, and the Warriors definitely did that well, and I feel like a lot of teams have done that uh, really well this season in the sense of trying to shut him down. But the fact that we've seen teams try to do it and he kind of broke through it anyway and still played well and then come out today and Mm -hmm. just completely get smothered. It's like, well, come on, man. Like, we know you can do it. But it's definitely a hard task. But for someone that's been playing as well as he has and has so much skill and just so much, he has so much to his game and he can score in a variety of different ways, I feel like he can still try to make something happen. But to kind of move into another take, the fact that, uh, they're really kind of putting all this attention on Lamarcus Aldridge. Mm-hmm. I'm going to blame I'm going to blame his teammates for not stepping up when needed. If they're going to mm-hmm. double team Lamarcus Aldridge, then that obviously means someone's going to be open or pretty much open at that point. So they yeah. dish the he can dish the ball out, and then it's a it should be a wide open shot, or he can move the ball easier. And then, but if his teammates were able to score the basketball or distribute the ball in any way, do something with it at this point then they wouldn't be able to double him as much because they can't put all that attention on him because uh, Rudy Gay is over here torching us from the three-point line, so we have to make sure that we don't sag off of him. So, yeah, I'm going to blame LaMarcus for not having a great game, 
but I'm not going to put the entire blame on him because the rest of the Spurs team is also to blame. You know, Joe, um, the re- as Tyler said, the rest of the team is also to blame. I, I, I mean, was I, I, I hate, it's kind of a dumb question, but I need to ask this, Joe. Is this a game one where the Spurs lost the game or just the Warriors are that much better? And no matter what the Spurs do, even if they're on their A game, this could have been the same result. I think it was a little bit of both, actually. I think what happened is that you got to give your, you know, tip your head off to the Warriors for playing great defense uh, the entire game. They kind of really disrupted the Spurs passing lanes. They couldn't get it going on offense. They couldn't get any. You could. They couldn't even really pass the ball to who they wanted uh, to get. You know, to get the ball to to get them going. They couldn't get anything in the. I guess offensively, they couldn't get in rhythm. And and credit to mm-hmm. the Warriors, but two. The Spurs, they they have the ability uh, to play better and do better, you know, and and that's their fault, you know. And it's like DeJounte kind of said after the game, mentally, they weren't prepared. Physically, they were there mm-hmm. and they battled. But from a mental aspect, it seems like the Warriors just got them out of sorts from the get-go. They punched them in the mouth with the haymaker, and they just could mm-hmm. never recover from that. And, you know, like you guys were saying, LaMarcus can't do it all on his own. And, you know, the Spurs to, you know, today they kind of made JaVel McGee look like he was an MVP candidate out there. I mean, JaVel mm-hmm. McGee yeah, is a big good. guy. You know, he's a big guy. Give him that. He's a good shot blocker and he is athletic. But at the core, the Spurs just need to attack him. You can't go up against JaVel when he's right there point blank at the rim. You got to make him step out a little bit. And I thought, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge did a very poor job of that. You can't really post up on JaVel because he's so much bigger than LaMarcus. LaMarcus needs to use his speed advantage to get JaVel McGee into foul trouble, and they didn't actually start figuring that out until later on in the third and fourth quarters when he started getting, you know, getting JaVel McGee in a little bit of a foul trouble. But mm-hmm. even before that, they just the Spurs just seemed very lethargic. They just, I don't know, they just didn't seem like they were their normal selves, you know, and we've seen this happen before. It's happened before in 2003 when they were playing against the Nets at the time, you know, led by Jason Kidd. You know, when we went over there on the road, they, they kind of punched us in the mouth and they blew us out. Right. And the same thing happened with the, the Detroit Pistons. We got blown out, you know, by the Detroit Pistons. But somehow the Spurs always make the adjustments to make, you know, they need to make to make the series a little bit more interesting. And granted, Let's see what Pop comes comes up with, but I don't know, man. This is going to be a tall tall order for the Spurs because they really don't have anybody who's an offensive threat in the starting lineup mm-hmm. unless you insert a Rudy Gay and you get Kyle Anderson to come off the bench. To me, that would be the most logical, I guess, uh, tune-up to make to the lineup because it would mm-hmm. offer LaMarcus uh, an ability to to get a little bit more breathing room, which he doesn't have right now. Mm-hmm. Spurs right now are one trick pony. You take LaMarcus out of the equation, who's going to step up? It's kind of like you're daring him. Go ahead and shoot. Let's see who's mm-hmm. going to make it, you know? Yeah, you know, it's kind of what I talked about with you uh, you guys uh, heading into the series is that the Spurs uh, just have one threat, and that is LMA. The other one is just deciding and his camp not to come back, and we know who we're talking about. <laughs> And this is a situation where the Spurs, as I've been saying, they just they have too many to do too many things to do on their to do list to beat the Golden State Warriors four games out of seven. 
I, it's just a tall order. They got to have LMA not play the way he did in game one. They have to have all their shooters knocking down shots. They got to do this. They got to do that. They can't turn the ball over. They cannot let the uh, Golden State Warriors three-point shooters get hot, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All Golden State has to do is say, you know what? Let's just shut down LaMarcus, double, triple team, and get the ball out of his hands and dare everybody else to shoot because guess what? They cannot have any offense. They don't have offense. And we saw this blaring today uh, in game one. I want to talk about just passion now. Passion just to get the W. Joe, you alluded to this. And Tyler, I want to ask you, is it just me or did this team look already defeated? Maybe right heading into the half. I mean, they just looked all sorts of just silence and just lethargic. And the ball was just... You know they were they were swarming the ball. They were tackling for the ball. They were diving the floor. But it just looked like the Warriors wanted it a bit more. Your thoughts, Tyler? I wouldn't say that the Spurs were kind of don't have the passion. Yeah, I feel like they're just frustrated at this point. I mean, their season has just been a roller coaster. Whether it be because of the media with Kawhi Leonard or just the fact that certain players aren't playing well or certain players will play well now versus they aren't playing well now. It's just, just so much going on this season that they're just frustrated. And then you go into the first round of the playoffs, you finally make it in after such a tough stretch at the end of the season. And you got to go up against the defending champs who just are loaded with all sorts of talent. And the fact that they come out there and they're trying their best and it's still not enough. I mean, I feel like anyone would be depleted at that point. You know, I mean, you really just go out there and you put your all in and just to, for Kevin Durant to come down there and hit a 40 foot three in your face. I mean, like for me, it'd be hard to still come out there and want to try my hardest and try to win the game. Whenever I look at the scoreboard at the halftime and we're down like what, 20 points or something. So (laughs) I'm not saying that it would be, I don't think they're lacking passion. I feel like they don't want to lose so bad that they're mad that they are losing. If that makes sense. Like it's just more frustration from, to me. Yeah. I I feel this is a situation where, as Manu said during the regular season, uh, this team is just simply not talented. He said it. But they have yeah. to go to their defense, and their defense shines. Their defense did not shine whatsoever in game one. How many times, Joe, did you see just the ball? I, seriously, is there like a, a a voodoo doctor in there or something like that? The ball always seems to land in the Warriors' hands. Those 50-50 balls, you know, any team, any player can get on the court. And next thing you know, it's in a Warriors' hand. Um, next thing you know, the sh- the rim... The ball bounces off the rim towards an, uh, a Warriors player. Uh, there were times, countless time in this game, where the Spurs were missed point blank shots. Danny Green did, and Pau Gasol did, Kyle Anderson did. Like seriously, Joe, um, there are some times when I look at this team and the Spurs team, and I'm saying, you know what? Go out respectable because I don't see this going past five it at all. Joe, what are your thoughts? I think the Spurs can make it a series, but it's going to take a lot of effort on their part. I do believe the team has it within them, you know, and I'm still picking them to make it a make it a series. And if they could play defense, you know, the Spurs style of defense right now, I think they give themselves a good opportunity uh, to stay in this game mm-hmm. and make it competitive and quite possibly even upset the Warriors, you know. But it's a tall order. You know, the Warriors are a very good team. They have very they have a very potent offense right now and mm-hmm. it's going to be i think they just have too many weapons in in the long run and if the spurs just can't get back on that transition defense and create havoc within the passing lanes 
I mean, it, you've seen, you saw the result tonight when they didn't mm-hmm. do any of that. You know, the, the Warriors basically bullied the Spurs. They bullied them in the paint. They ran all over them. They scored at will. They got every single thing that they wanted to uh, tonight in this game, you know. And the Spurs struggled on offense. They struggled to make shots. They just didn't look confident. Even when, you know, they had wide open, you know, shots, three-pointers, even like tip-ins, layups, everything just just doesn't, it just wasn't going in for them. It was just not their night. And when it your offense isn't really flowing and really going, the Spurs need to be able to remain calm and say, you know what, defense will lead into good offense. And they yeah. need to be able to calm themselves down and just play hard-nosed defense and don't get rattled. And I think that's what happened to them tonight. They just got rattled because they couldn't produce on the offensive end. But at, 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 even throughout the whole series, not this just series, but through the season, should I say, that's been what's happened to them on the road. They just don't seem confident, you know, in their in their offensive sets. It's It's been the same pattern over and over. They play great at home, and then they hit the road, and they have their issues. And I believe the main cause to all that it's confidence, you know, and it all starts from the mental aspect of the game. And I think that's the weakness of the Spurs. When they're at home, they're mentally tough. But when they hit the road, they get complacent. They start second guessing themselves and they need that mental toughness. If they don't have that mental fortitude, it's going to be a short series, possibly even the gentleman sweep, you know? Yeah. You know, I'm glad you brought up about the mental state heading into game one. That was a very big theme following the uh, game and the uh, Spurs, Popovich, DeJounte Murray, name a player they talked about. Let's talk about what DeJounte Murray said following the game. And he was asked about the team not being mentally prepared for the game. And he admitted it. He pretty much said, quote, that's fair enough. Hats off to Golden State. They did what they were supposed to do, which is protect their home court. Uh, They won the first game. But then here we go. He goes, I think we came out not mentally prepared as a group. This is really, this is going to be hit home for you, Joe and uh, Tyler. There can be four guys prepared and the rest not prepared. But at the end of the day, we're a group. Uh, Do you think he's uh, calling out uh, some players right there, Joe? Quite possibly. You know, I mean, but you know, the thing is, it starts and stops with DeJounte. You know, DeJounte is a young guard right now. He just got thrust into the starting point guard position, um, you know, kind of midway through the, through the season. And Mm -hmm. he's starting to, he has to try to figure things out. It's not something that a Tony Parker or, or, you know, somebody else can go in there and tell him, this is how you're supposed to play the game. Each player is different and they're going to have to figure that out on their own. And right now DeJounte's trying to figure that out, but he still makes these bad decisions with the ball. He still hesitates He's probably one of the fastest and most athletic guys out there on the court, and he can run with the best of them. But that doesn't mean nothing if you can't distribute the ball and make great decisions with the ball and get the ball mm-hmm. to key players on the court. You know, he still he still looks like you said a deer in a headlight at times, and you see flashes of brilliance, but it's not consistent. And I think this is going to be a growing. Uh, experience for DeJounte and mentally he just has to do better and he knows that you know that's why he was saying that but what he what I would have liked to hear him say is it was my fault it was on me I will be better and I will do better next game and I kind of like you know try to call out everybody else 
what did you do to affect the game? Yeah. You know, that yeah, that's what I want to yeah. see ownership. Yeah. Then, you know, Tyler, you saw during the game, uh, several times where Popovich, uh, pulled or called timeout and started talking to Murray. Then he reinserted him, uh, immediately, uh, with Tony Parker, giving him the uh, breather. Do you think this is a situation where maybe the, and the numbers aside, simply go back to Parker, at the point guard spot, simply because he has that championship pedigree, maybe let Murray come off the bench to see, you know, how Parker handles the pressure, how he handles uh, the team in the playoffs, or do you think you just ride with what you've been riding with uh, and that Murray starting at the PG spot, um, Tyler? Uh, if, it were, if it was me, I'd just go with what we are doing the whole season, and that is put DeJounte Murray at starting point guard because I feel like the move in the first place was because it, it, Popovich knew his time that Tony Parker was kind of at the tail end of his career and that it was time for someone else to kind of take the reins. And DeJounte Murray is the candidate. He's the guy that's supposed to get it, that is supposed to be doing that. And I feel like if you don't put your players in the position to kind of learn and understand exactly what you want from them, then they're never going to do it. So I get that the Spurs are have their back against the wall now because, I mean, they're going up such, against such a great team. But I feel like even if you take Tony Parker and put him in that spot, as great as he is and as much success as he's seen in his career – I still don't even think it's enough, you know. For me personally, and me and Rehome uh, from News 4, we're talking about mm-hmm. it. It's kind of like, to me, the season's over. I don't see the Spurs winning the series. I think they could make it interesting, maybe. But to me, they're not going to beat them four times. And I feel like it's a hard task for any team in the NBA to beat this Warriors team four times. So for me, it's like, why not use this series, get these younger guys some playoff experience. And I know DeJounte has some already, but get him in that experience as the starting point guard. You know, this is what you want him to do. So throw him out in the fire. And yeah, if he makes a mistake, I have no problem with pop bringing him over and saying, Hey, you can't do that. You need to do it like this, but I don't want him to take him out completely or not even, or de- deduct his minutes. I want him to put Murray in that position and let him make those mistakes so that he can learn from it in the future. Yeah. And also to Tyler, it may just uh, rattle him mentally. You know, young yeah. kid, you know, get yanked out and, you know, he might start questioning himself. Although I think he's a lot mentally uh, much uh, tougher than we give him. But yeah. at the end of the day, you know what, gentlemen, I still rotate to this. And it simply is, I even, correct me if I'm wrong, gentlemen, but even if the Spurs play their peak game, that's still not enough to beat this Warriors team, Joe. Oh, you know, it. And on paper and from the stats, you're right. But something still has to be said from, you know, that championship pedigree that the Spurs come from. You know, you can never discount that. And until that final, you know, second on that shot clock expires and you see it for yourself that the Spurs have been defeated, I'll believe it. But I still believe that this team has it within them to actually make this an interesting series and not get swept. But, you know put up an effort, a valiant effort at that. So I'm going to roll with the championship pedigree of the Spurs and hopefully, you know, they'll learn from this and put in a better showing and make it a series. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to have to disagree with you there, Joe. I, I think I, you know, I get it's just one game, but I think the series is over. I, I think it is. Uh, I don't think it'll go beyond five. I think if it hits five, I, I, to me, that's a win in the Spurs book. Uh, I would not be surprised at all if the Spurs get swept. They are simply out, man. They're outgunned. 
even if the fact that they're not playing with Steph Curry, they just have more potent weapons on the offensive end, and their defense was just out of sight uh, in game one, holding the Spurs to under 100 points. I mean, kudos to the Warriors. And again, this is not locked on Warriors. I'm not trying to make this all about how great the Warriors look. What I'm just trying to just be realistic. This Warriors team is just too much. It's too much for a Spurs team that simply is not talented enough. Murray's just a sophomore. Uh, LaMarcus can only do what he can do, but we saw what they can do. It's just the Warriors, that is, take him out of his game. Uh, Imanu is four years old, and credit to him, he brings a little life, but he can't do what he used to do back in vintage Manu days. Parker, we know he's done. Pau Gasol, we know his best days are behind him. Spurs simply don't have the horses on the court to get the job done. All right, so let's go ahead and now transition into our takeaways. Uh, what we're going to do now is just simply take uh, talk about two things that stood out for us, and I'm going to start off with Tyler. What were a couple things that stood out for you? Uh, the number one thing for me, <clears throat> excuse me, was Derek White needs some more playing time. I no, get, you know, I got to applause that. I got. I gotta. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get he's a rookie, but we've seen him do so much in the G League, and I remember in the beginning of the season, Pop was like. Yeah, he's not going to play much. He's just going to use this as a learning year. But, I mean, they put him out in that game. Granted, they were already out of the game. He played well. He wasn't – to me, he didn't look very rattled. He looked like he was comfortable and putting himself in great positions, making great passes. Like, give the kid some time. I feel like we've had players on this team, like, for example, Bryn Forbes, DeJounte, Patty Mills, or even Tony Parker, who just struggle. And if they're starting to struggle, and you can tell when the player's going to have not a very good game – Put Derek White in. Give him this time. I mean, he's a good scorer, and right now that's what we need. We need someone to score and create their own shot. And I see this on Twitter all the time. People are saying, give Derek White more minutes or give him Tony Parker's minutes or give him Patty Mills' minutes. Like, I don't (laughs) care if he takes someone's spot. I just want to see the kid play. He's got game. And I feel like if the Spurs team wants to do anything, they need offense. Like, I, I sound like a broken record, but offense, they need it bad. They have no one. And if you yeah, can come I, out of there and do it, then I feel like they're going to be in good shape. Yeah, before you give us your uh, second take, I, I want to just react to that. I agree that at this point in the season, why not? <laughs> you know, yeah. look, just grow with it. If it works, great. If it doesn't, you yank them then and put uh, Mills back in or Parker, what have you. You got nothing to lose at this point. The Spurs are not supposed to beat the Warriors. The Spurs are so depleted. The Spurs don't have Kawhi Leonard, et cetera, et cetera. Why not just roll with it, Pop? But we know Pop Tyler. We know he can be very stubborn and stuck to his ways, and likely that'll likely not happen. Derek White getting some significant minutes, unless he has a revelation that, hey, might as well try it out. I don't think so, because time and time again in the past history shows that part. I mean, that Popovich can be very, uh, you know, sticking to his guns and sticking to his rotations, and he won't budge and. Well, you know, the rest is history. All right, what is your second takeaway, Tyler? My second takeaway is kind of a Debbie Downer moment, but mm-hmm. it's, this is, it's over. I mean, today yeah. I, 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 I had some hope. I was like, you know, what if? Maybe, you know, but no. After today, it's just like Pop said it best at the end of the, uh, in the press conference there. Like, he started off with Danny Green on Kevin Durant what do you think went wrong? And it's like, what do you mean? What do you think went wrong? I mean, look at Kevin Durant, look at Danny Green, the height difference, first of all, the skill gap. It's just like, that's just one of the many reasons. But to me, this series is over. And I feel like it was kind of, to a lot of people, over before it started. But 
I think anyone that had just a sliver of hope just kind of just got pounded in the dirt today because they did not look good. I, I just feel like they are out of their element. They cannot keep up with this offensive firepower that the Warriors are bringing. And if they can't slow them down, which was what the, how they won so many games this season because they played great defense. But today it's like, I mean, they didn't play that great of defense. Yeah, they might have had a few steals or they had good plays, but they couldn't put together a great game of defense. And to me, that's like, well, if the Spurs can't do that, then what can they do? Because that's their bread and butter. So to me, after today, I'm just calling it. I think it's over. I think it's going to be a 4-0 sweep. You know, I do agree with you, uh, Tyler, but let's go to turn now to Joe, who's pretty much going to smack us in the face and <laughs> hit us over the head with a uh, two by four. Uh, Joe, you're the, ever the optimist when it comes to silver and black. Uh, your reaction to that and what are your two uh, takeaways from the uh, game one loss? Game one loss just boils down to us not having enough offensive weapons. Uh, what I think needs to happen is basically I think Pop does, and I'll agree with Tyler on that. And you with you as well about Derek White. He does need to give Derek White some minutes. Uh, the young buck looked really, really comfortable today. And he's coming off, you know, that championship in the G League where he was, you know, really shining. So I think the time mm-hmm. has come to give him some minutes. I mean, he didn't look rattled or scared at all. He was just out there in the game doing his thing and he scored some points. He actually had a better game than Tony Parker and he played less minutes. And he also had a really amazing block. Uh, when he just entered the game as well. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hmm, the yeah. guy can play. It's obvious. So my thing is, I think it, the time has come for Pop to kind of change the lineup up. And what I think he should do is actually go with uh, inserting Rudy Gay and having Kyle Anderson come off the bench and also give the start to uh, Derek White and have Patty Mills come off the bench, a role that he was you know, more comfortable in playing anyway. I mean, what do you got to lose? Mm-hmm. You know, if the guys aren't producing for you, take them out and, you know, reinsert the other two. And, I mean, you got nothing to lose at this point. I mean, changing the lineup, to me, would probably be the Spurs' best option. Two, the Spurs need to get back on defense. I mean, I don't even know. It sounds like just beating a dead horse at this point. But, I mean, that's their bread and butter. You know, this team isn't very explosive. They're not going to run all over you. But they can dictate tempo by playing great defense. And they can actually force teams to slow down a little bit. Warriors, I mean, come on. Everybody knows they like to get out and run. You know, that's right. where that's their go-to. But if you can make them honest and make them work for it, you can wear them down. And the Spurs can do that because they've done it to other teams in the regular season. But again, this is the playoffs. The Warriors are, port, are potent. But the Spurs, I believe, can rectify the issues. And they can play better and I believe that they will mm-hmm. do better you know and I had a saying um then I told one of my friends uh, Chris Duell uh earlier today I said because we had all these you know doubting Spurs fans with their mm-hmm. comments you know after the game and I kept seeing him and I said if you don't believe you don't belong and that's to the bandwagon mm-hmm. fans you know the ones that are very critical about the Spurs and oh it's over and it's one game Let's see what happens mm-hmm. after the second game. And then you can make, you know, your assumptions at that point. But it is one game. Yes, Warriors looked outstanding. But let's see what the Spurs got in the second game. And then, you know, I'll, I'll make my, you know, assumption then. You, you know, I'm, I'm, I get it, Joe. It is one game. And you're right. It is just the first game. But this is a different Spurs team that, than we've seen in years. We've seen this Spurs team struggle during the regular season. 
look, they lost what, like I mentioned, nine straight games on the road now. They got another road game coming up Monday night. If history is the great teacher, then we should know the lesson here. They're going to lose Monday, be down 0-2. Mono Ginobili, after the game, you know, talked about that. Uh, he, he's saying we've got to regroup, feel hurt, upset, kind of desperate. We don't want to go home 0-2. Unfortunately, I think that's going to happen. They can regroup all they want. This is my first thing. They, they can feel hurt all they want. And they can make it interesting. They can make a game interesting. But there's going to come a point in the game, let alone the series, where the Warriors are just going to turn it up a notch and then just break their back. And we're going to see that in game two. I think the Spurs are going to come out sharper. They're going to pass the ball better. But the Warriors are just superior. Again, I'm not trying to sit here and bash the silver and black. The honest truth is this Warriors team is superior to the Spurs. And... I don't know if they're fortunate or unfortunate to have a Warriors team without their star, uh, Steph Curry. But unlike the Spurs, the Warriors can weather that storm. The Spurs can't without Kawhi Leonard. And he's not coming back. We know that. Game two, uh, we're going to find out soon. Uh, you could, like clockwork, like uh, Old Faithful, you're going to see a, re- uh, a message from the Spurs. Kawhi Leonard out, injury management. Shocking. So... Because the Spurs can't absorb that type of hit, unlike the Warriors can, losing Steph Curry in the opening round, it just it doesn't take a genius here. You could just see it. The writing's on the wall. It's going to be four or five games, and they're done. And I think even that fifth game is probably going to be the one game in this series where the Spurs play that perfect basketball game. But to duplicate that three more times would be very difficult, especially with them not having home court advantage. My second takeaway is this. There was one, some positives from this win. And the one positive I liked is that they kept the, t- the turnovers low, you know, 13 turnovers. I like the fact that they were able to only give up 11 points off those 13 turnovers. It wasn't a route. What just doomed the Spurs was rebounding and uh, the paint. Uh, the Warriors outscored them by 34 22 in the paint. Um, so there are some positives. Another positive is the play of Rudy Gay. You know, he looks like he's playing a little better now. Uh, he can, looks like he can be that second option to LaMarcus Aldridge. He can be Robin to LaMarcus's Batman. And I think that is something the Spurs should expose. Like Joe's been harping that they should start him. So, yeah, I'll give you a little uh, a good bad sandwich. The bad is they're going to be, they're, they're out match the good is there's some positive and they can just build on that and they should be good in game two uh your final thought tyler i mean my final thought would just be i want to use this experience in this series to get better for next season Mm -hmm. and i want this whole season has just been like a learning experience for the entire team because everyone's a lot of the players are just so young but I really want like playing in the playoffs versus the regular season is just such a different atmosphere. Everything people are playing harder, the game is faster, just everything is just so much more intense. That my final just thought on the whole situation is that I just want the Spurs to go out, relax, and just play and just try to have fun, you know, and just kind of gain some experience. I want these younger guys to go out there. I want Derek White, DeJounte, and Brent Forbes. I want them to all go out there and just play. You know, I mean 
they're not going to beat this team. And what I hate sounding like such a Debbie Downer, but it's like, like you said, you said it perfectly. The Warriors are just the better team. They're the defending champions for a reason. They won 73 games for a reason, you know, like they're a great team. And the fact that the Spurs just don't have what it takes to beat them. I mean, they can't even be, beat the Lakers or the Clippers. I mean, you think they're going to go out and beat, <laughs> yeah. beat the Warriors? It's like, That's a good I just want them to take a step back and just realize, you know, like, all right, guys, we're not going to win. But let's use this. Let's try to have some fun. Let's use this for an experience. Let's try some weird things. You know, like Joe was saying, let's try to switch up the lineup, see how that goes. If it doesn't work, what's it matter? You know, you're not going to win anyway. So just try something. You know, just have fun with it. That's where I'm at right now. I'm going to echo what Popovich said prior to the uh, tip-off of game one. Uh, when uh, Pop was asked in the uh, media pool about the Warriors struggling at the end of the season <laughs> and not having Steph Curry, and Joe was already laughing because I'm pretty sure you heard what he said. <laughs> yeah. He said, I noticed that Steph Curry wasn't there. I watched real closely. I didn't, I turned it off or I turned it back on and he still wasn't there. I noticed that. After that, I didn't watch anything else. It was too scary. Basically, what he's trying to say is it doesn't matter if Steph Curry's there or not. This Warriors team is just scary. And they showed that today. I, I want the Spurs to win. Make no bones about it. I want them to win. I would love to see them uh, shock the world and upset this uh, Warriors team, uh, especially without Kawhi Leonard and the drama. It'd be, it would just a feel-good story to see the Spurs go so far without a Kawhi Leonard who was kind of at the center of the storm, uh, as Joe was talking about uh, today, even though he – wasn't even in uniform, but I get why Spurs fans are upset because he wasn't even there at the game. But at the end of the day, it just, I don't know. You know, we're going to be here for a locked on Spurs game to react. And we might have be saying the same thing. The Warriors are just <laughs> too good. So that could be just a recurring uh, theme. Joe, um, I know I want to get your final thoughts, but do you want to talk about more about this Kawhi mess that these fans are just really, putting the blame on him which is to me i get their frustration but i think it's just misplaced i think it is misplaced you know this is the mistake that i think a lot of spurs fans make all the time they compare this season's team to spurs teams of old you know they're comparing them to when we had david robinson when we had tim duncan you know what this is a different team and this team needs to form their own identity you know, the, the the years of the Tim Duncan era, of the David Robinson era, those are already gone. This is a new era mm-hmm. in Spurs basketball. So t- with that comes along with getting used to the way that these players react to adversity and the way that these players are as far as forthcoming with Kawhi Leonard and his quad. You know, he's not one to talk. He's He, he does things differently. And we shouldn't compare to the way Tim did it or the way, you know, David did it. This is not, Kawhi is not David and he's not Tim. He's Kawhi. You know, so I think Spurs fans read too much into things because they like the drama. They want to know. We need to know. We need to know. But at the end of the day, what does it matter? If Kawhi comes through the door, he doesn't come through the door. You got Mm -hmm. what you got. And you just got to move forward. And just, you know what, this is the product that we have out there on the court. Just get behind the team and whatever happens, just enjoy the ride. You know, just take it as mm-hmm. take it with a grain of salt. You know, don't be so serious. <laughs> have some fun, you know, Spurs fans. Hey. 
There you go. Where, well, you know, game two is coming up uh, this coming Monday, and uh, it'll give the Spurs time to look at some tape, do some routine green, do some, you know, messing with the lineups, hopefully, and get the right set, a right frame of mind. Because I think that's the worst thing that can happen to the Spurs team right now is get it in the worst frame of mind of the it's done. You know, they got to come out. Look, prior to the game, Mono Ginobili uh, wrote his uh, column on uh, Argentinian outlet uh, La Nación and pretty much said that, you know, that they were ready, that that, that uh, maybe months ago they would have lost the Warriors team, but now it's a little different. That's how much confidence he was exuding. And I think the Spurs collectively need to get back to that, especially after this crushing loss. It was it was a laugher. Let's be honest. It was a laugher. The Spurs looked like they didn't even show up. They had a little bit of signs of life maybe in the second half, but it went away fast. Warriors put a stop to that quick. But if they can get back to that perfect game, I think the Spurs will be good. Joe, what is your prediction for game two? Prediction for game two? We're going to see the emergence of Super Manu Ginobili. I think he's going to ignite the team coming off the bench. And he's going to have a good game. I dare say that you should at least expect 18 to 20 points out of Manu. Because you know what? He hates to lose. And I think Manu is going to have one of those games that Manu has. And I believe the next game will be very interesting. I'm not predicting a win or a loss. I'm just saying it's going to be an interesting game. Oh, look at that. you like a cliffhanger there, Joe. Uh, Tyler, what's your prediction and why? Uh, I, you know, before I get to that, I want to just say... Joe, you are very optimistic about this team, huh? Yeah, man. I've been a Spurs fan for years. I've seen them go through the good, through the bad. I've been seen them go through slumps in the playoffs. And when, you know, everybody doubts them and says they're not going to win, they have no chance. This team, this Spurs franchise has a way of surprising you. I've seen it happen a lot of times. And that's why I have this optimistic out- outlook on things because I've seen it happen in, in, in history and, you know, with the Spurs organization. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think that it has been done, but for me personally, just this team, just it's a lot different than it was in previous years. And for me, my prediction for game two is just, I think it'll be, I'll say it's closer than it was today, but I still think it'll be maybe a 10 point loss. I just don't think the Spurs, even if they can try to figure it out or they switch up their lineup, I just don't think they have what it takes to keep up with this Warriors team when it comes to scoring the basketball. I mean, if the word around the league is it's going to be the Rockets and the Warriors and it's going to be up to the Rockets to keep up with the Warriors. So if the Rockets are having trouble keeping up with the Warriors, it's like, where does that leave the Spurs, you know? So for mm-hmm. me, it's just, I just don't see it happening. I'm just going to go maybe 10-point blowout lead or 10-point blowout game with the Warriors going up 2-0. I'm right there with you, uh, Tyler, on both fronts. I think the Spurs will lose and that uh, Joe really has some very strong Spurs sunglasses on right now. <laughs> I mean, they're probably like titanium made and, you know. Yeah. Um, made with the uh, crystals and diamonds. Uh, <laughs> look, Joe, I share your enthusiasm. I do. I really do. I appreciate it. I think the Spurs fan base needs that. But I too have been around the Spurs for a long time. I was there in the hemisphere days. I was there when they had David Wingate is their starting shooting guard. <laughs> Don't bring or, up that name. Or, and, and <laughs> yeah. And Cadillac Anderson is their starting center. And uh, Dominique Wilkins era 
the Jerry Tarkanian um, hot time. Tark the shark. You know, a quick cup of coffee. Yeah. To the eight to the Alamo Dome. You know, 1999 Memorial Day Miracle and, and, and everything else in between to the SBC Center before it was renamed to the AT&T Center. So, but you can but you can see something on the wall. You can see the writing on the wall. It's like they say, you know, you, know, you, you see if it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. The same thing applies here. If there's another team that looks younger, more athletic, has home court advantage versus a team that is older – not as experienced, missing da- missing one of their main guys, then, yeah, it's shaping up to be a loss. And that is what I'm predicting. I'm predicting the Spurs go down 0-2 to back, back to San Antonio. And if they're going to win a game, it'll have to be that game three. That is going to be that pivotal game right there for both clubs. You know, but, I, I uh, wanted to so say something Spurs. real quick, man. I, I want to leave the, the listeners with this thought. I had an old football coach in mind. And we were always, you know, we weren't really that great of a football team. But we winded up being one of the best teams here in San Antonio. And the reason that we won that game, even though everybody discounted us and said, you all don't have a shot, is because of something a coach told me, and it always stuck with me. He said, if a team's bigger, faster, and stronger than you, you know you can't beat them physically. But the only chance that you have is to beat them mentally. He goes, and once you can beat them and get in their heads, then you take their heart. So that's what I'm going to leave you guys with. I think if the Spurs can get into the Golden State Warriors' heads, then they can take Mm -hmm. their heart and they can probably steal one. Yeah, and that's where the gentleman sweeps will kick in because after that, I think the Warriors are probably not going to have that. I think the Warriors, what they want is more rest uh, (laughs) before they advance to the second round. Clay, yeah. Clay Thompson, uh, after the game said that game two, he that him and the Warriors they want to make a bigger statement than they did in game one. So yeah, I think they'll be coming out gunning. But at the same breath, the Spurs said themselves too that game two, you know, they got to give it all you know, the usual canned answers. Manu Ginobili said they got to play with uh, you know desperation, and yeah, I think they need to play with desperation all of this series as long as it goes. Uh, but. Yeah, you know, it's it's just, you know, sorry for the tone of the Lockdown Spurs episode, but it's just, you know, you, you're coming off a loss like this and you just see it. You just feel it and you know it. It doesn't take a genius to look at a team is just really outmatched. But those are our thoughts on Spurs game one loss to the Warriors. Again, they're down 0-1 in the series. But let us know what you think. You can email me at jeffgarcia74 at gmail.com. And Tyler and Joe are going to tell you everything about them and how you can get a hold of them to talk some silver and black Tyler uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Tyler clerk and underscore five we got a lot of good content coming out this week as well as for the rest of the playoffs if the Spurs can somehow make this triumphant win against the Warriors so uh, be sure to follow me on Twitter and you can read all of our articles and we can talk Spurs basketball Joe you can follow us at two shots podcast which is all spelled out t-w-o-s-h-o-t-s podcast on Facebook Twitter and Instagram and you can also check us out on the World Wide Web at twoshotsa.com. He's you didn't you did not say www. I'm proud of you. Yeah, just for Joe. you, Jeff. Just for you, Jeff. <laughs> I'm proud of you. You know, Tyler, he, he still says www. Yeah, man. I'm from the you know, old school uh, way of doing things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you still you, you still have that AOL uh, dial up sound? I think back I in still the have one of the old CDs, man. Or the, 
<laughs> oh, you do? The one that used to get in the mail for like, what, 200 minutes for 20 bucks? Remember that? Yep, I remember that. I probably still got one or two here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, for Joe Garcia and Tyler Clerk, and I am Jeff Garcia, and we're going to put a lock on this episode of Locked on Spurs.